Hare Krishna. Good morning and welcome to the daily morning Srimad Bhagavatam class. Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabihari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabihari Jaya Gopi Jana Vallabha Girivaradhari Jaya Gopi Jana Vallabha Girivaradhari Yashoda Nandana Brajajana Ranjana Yashoda Nandana Brajajana Ranjana Yashoda Nandana Brajajana Ranjana Yamuna Tira Vanachari Yamuna Tira Vanachari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabihari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabihari Jaya Gopi Jana Vallabha Girivaradhari Jaya Gopi Jana Vallabha Girivaradhari Yashoda Nandana Brajajana Ranjana Yashoda Nandana Brajajana Ranjana Yashoda Nandana Brajajana Ranjana Yamuna Tira Vanachari 
यमुना तीरावनचारी हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 रामा हरे रामा राम रामा हरे 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 कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 रामा हरे रामा राम रामा हरे 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 कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 रामा हरे रामा राम रामा हरे हरे जय प्रभु पदा जय प्रभु पदा जय प्रभु पदा जय प्रभु पदा जय जय प्रभु पद प्रभु पद प्रभु पद जय जय प्रभु पद जय ओम विष्णुपाद परमहंस परिव्रज काचार्य अष्टोत्र सतश्री श्रीमद डिवाइन ग्रेस ऐसी भक्ति वेदांत स्वामी शिल प्रभुपाद की ग्रंथराज श्रीमद भागवतम की समवेत भक्त वृंद की निताय गौर प्रेमानंदे ऑल ग्लोरीज टू दसम्बल डिवोटीज ऑल ग्लोरीज टू दसम्बल डिवोटीज ऑल ग्लोरीज टू दसम्बल डिवोटीज ऑल ग्लोरीज ऑल ग्लोरीज ऑल ग्लोरीज टू श्री श्री गुरु एंड श्री गौरांगा ऑल ग्लोरीज टू श्री प्रभुपाद प्लीज रिपीट ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय 
ನಾರಾಯಣಂ ನಮಸ್ಕೃತ್ಯ ನರಂ ಚೈವ ನರೋತ್ತಮಂ ದೇವಂ ಸರಸ್ವತಿ ವ್ಯಾಸಂ ತೋ ಜಯಮುದೀರೇತ್ ನಷ್ಟಪ್ರಾಯೇಶ ಭದ್ರೇಶು ನಿತ್ಯಂ ಭಾಗವತ ಸೇವೆಯ ಭಗವತಿ ಉತ್ತಮ ಶ್ಲೋಕೆ ಭಕ್ತೈರ್ಭವತಿ ನೈಷ್ಟಿಕೀ ಕಂಟಿನ್ಯೂಯಿಂಗ್ ಆ ರೀಡಿಂಗ್ ಫ್ರಮ್ ಶ್ರೀಮದ್ ಭಾಗವತಂ ಕ್ಯಾಂಟೋ ಒನ್ ಚಾಪ್ಟರ್ ಥರ್ಟೀನ್ ಟೈಟಲ್ ಧೃತರಾಷ್ಟ್ರ ಕ್ವಿಚ್ ಹೋಮ್ ಅಂಡ್ ವಿ ಆರ್ ಆನ್ ಟೆಕ್ಸ್ ಸಿಕ್ಸ್ಟೀನ್ ಟುಡೇ ಯುಧಿಷ್ಠಿರೋಲಬ್ಧರಾಜ್ಯೋ ದೃಷ್ಟ್ವಾ ಪೌತ್ರಂ ಕುಲಂದರಂ ಭ್ರಾತೃಭಿರ್ಲೋಕಪಾಲಾಭೈರ್ ಮುಮುಧೇ ಪರಯಾಶ್ರಿಯ ಯುಧಿಷ್ಠಿರೋಲಬ್ಧರಾಜ್ಯೋ ದೃಷ್ಟ್ವಾ ಪೌತ್ರಂ ಕುಲಂದರಂ ಭ್ರಾತೃಭಿರ್ಲೋಕಪಾಲಾಭೈರ್ ಮುಮುಧೇ ಪರಯಾಶ್ರಿಯ ಯುಧಿಷ್ಠಿರೋಲಬ್ಧರಾಜ್ಯೋ ದೃಷ್ಟ್ವಾ ಪೌತ್ರಂ ಕುಲಂದರಂ ಭ್ರಾತೃಭಿರ್ಲೋಕಪಾಲಾಭೈರ್ ಮುಮುಧೇ ಪರಯಾಶ್ರಿಯ ಯುಧಿಷ್ಠಿರೋಲಬ್ಧರಾಜ್ಯೋ ಭ್ರಾತೃಭಿರ್ಲೋಕಪಾಲಾಭೈರ್ಮುಧೇ ದೃಷ್ಟ್ವಾ ಪೌತ್ರಂ ಕುಲಂದರಂ ಭ್ರಾತೃಭಿರ್ಲೋಕಪಾಲಾಭೈರ್ ಮುಮುಧೇ ಪರಯಾಶ್ರಿಯ ಹರಿಬೋಲ್ ದಿ ಯು ವಾಂಟ್ ಟ್ರೈ ಟ್ರಾನ್ಸ್ಲೇಷನ್ ಇನ್ ಪರ್ಪೋರ್ಟ್ ಬೈಸ್ ಡಿವೈನ್ ರೇಸ್ ಎಸಿ ಭಕ್ತಿ ವೇದಾಂತ ಸ್ವಾಮಿ ಶ್ಲ ಪ್ರಾಪಾದ್ ಶ್ಲ ಪ್ರಾಪಾದ್ ಕಿ ಜಾಯ್ ದ ವರ್ಡ್ ಫಾರ್ ವರ್ಡ್ ಟ್ರ
ಯುಧಿಷ್ಠಿರ ಲಬ್ಧರಾಜ ಪೊಸೆಸಿಂಗ್ ಹಿಸ್ ಪಟರ್ನಲ್ ಕಿಂಗ್ಡಮ್ ದೃಷ್ಟಿಂಗ್ ಪೌತ್ರಂ ದ ಗ್ರ್ಯಾಂಡ್ಸನ್ ಕುಲಂ ಧರಂ ಜಸ್ಟ್ ಸ್ಯೂಟಬಲ್ ಫಾರ್ ದ ಡೈನಾಸ್ಟಿ ಭ್ರಾತೃಭಿ ಬೈ ದ ಬ್ರದರ್ಸ್ ಲೋಕಪಾಲಾಭೈರ್ ಆಲ್ ಎಕ್ಸ್ಪರ್ಟ್ ಅಡ್ಮಿನಿಸ್ಟ್ರೇಟರ್ಸ್ ಮುಮುದೇ ಎಂಜಾಯ್ಡ್ ಲೈಫ್ ಪರಯ ಅನ್ಕಾಮನ್ ಶ್ರೀಯ ಆಪಿಲೆನ್ಸ್ ಟ್ರಾನ್ಸ್ಲೇಷನ್ ಹ್ಯಾವಿಂಗ್ ಒನ್ ಹಿಸ್ ಕಿಂಗ್ಡಮ್ ಅಂಡ್ ಅಬ್ಸರ್ವ್ ದ ಬರ್ತ್ ಆಫ್ ಒನ್ ಗ್ರ್ಯಾಂಡ್ಸನ್ ಕಾಂಪಿಟೆಂಟ್ ಟು ಕಂಟಿನ್ಯೂ ದ ನೋಬಲ್ ಟ್ರೆಡಿಷನ್ ಆಫ್ ಹಿಸ್ ಫ್ಯಾಮಿಲಿ ಮಹಾರಾಜ ಯುಧಿಷ್ಠಿರ ರೈಂಡ್ ಪೀಸ್ಫುಲಿ ಅಂಡ್ ಎಂಜಾಯ್ಡ್ ಅನ್ಕಾಮನ್ ಆಪಿಲೆನ್ಸ್ ಇನ್ ಕೋಆಪರೇಷನ್ ವಿತ್ ಹಿಸ್ ಯಂಗರ್ ಬ್ರದರ್ಸ್ ಹೂ ಆರ್ ಆಲ್ ಎಕ್ಸ್ಪರ್ಟ್ ಅಡ್ಮಿನಿಸ್ಟ್ರೇಟರ್ಸ್ ಟು ದ ಕಾಮನ್ ಪೀಪಲ್ ಪ್ಲೀಸ್ ರಿಪೀಟ್ ಹ್ಯಾವಿಂಗ್ ಒನ್ ಹಿಸ್ ಕಿಂಗ್ಡಮ್ ಅಂಡ್ ಅಬ್ಸರ್ವ್ ದ ಬರ್ತ್ ಆಫ್ ಒನ್ ಗ್ರ್ಯಾಂಡ್ಸನ್ competent to continue the noble tradition of his family maharaj yudhishthira reigned peacefully and enjoyed uncommon opulence in cooperation with his younger brothers who were all expert administrators to the common people purport both both maharaj yudhishthira and arjuna were unhappy from the beginning of the battle of kurukshetra but even though they were unwilling to kill their own men in the fight it had to be done as a matter of duty for it was planned by the supreme will of lord shri krishna after the battle maharaj yudhishthira was unhappy over such mass killings practically there was none to continue the kuru dynasty after them the pandavas the only remaining hope was the child in the womb of his daughter in law uttara and he was and he was also attacked by ashwatthama but by the grace of the lord the child was saved so after the settlement of all disturbing conditions and reestablishment of the peaceful order of the state and after seeing the surviving child parikshit well satisfied maharaj yudhishthira felt some relief as a human being although he had very little attraction for material happiness which is always illusory and temporary om ajnanati mirandasya gyananjana shalakaya chakshuron melitam yena tasmay shri gurave namaha ಶ್ರೀ ಚೈತನ್ಯ ಮನೋಭೀಷ್ಟಂ ಸ್ಥಾಪಿತಂ ಭೂತಲೆ ಸ್ವಯಂ ರೂಪ ಕದಾ ಮಹ್ಯಂ ದಾತಿ ಸ್ವಪದಾಂತಿ ವಂದೇಹಂ ಶ್ರೀ ಗುರೋ ಶ್ರೀಯುತ ಪದಕಮಲಂ ಶ್ರೀ ಗುರೋನ್ ವೈಷ್ಣವಾಂಶ ಶ್ರೀರೂಪಂ ಸಾಗ್ರಜಾತ ಸಹಗಣರಘುನಾಥನ್ವಿ ತಂ ಸಜೀವಂ ಸಾಧ್ವೈತ ಸಾವಧೂತ ಪರಿಜನ ಸಹಿತ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಚೈತನ್ಯ ದೇವಂ ಶ್ರೀರಾಧಾಕೃಷ್ಣಪಾದ ಸಹಗಣಲಿತ ಶ್ರೀ ವಿಶಾಖಾನ್ವಿ ತಾಂಶ 
हे कृष्णा करुणा सिंधो दीन बंदो जगतपथे गोपेशा गोपिका कांत राधा कांत नमोस्तुते तप्त कांचन गौरंगी राधे वृंदावनेश्वरी वृषभानुसुते देवी प्रणमा हरि प्रिय वाचा कल्पतरुभ्य कृपा सिंधुभ्य पतिता पावनेभ्यो वैष्णवेभ्यो नमो नमः जाय श्री कृष्ण चैतन्य प्रभु निनंद श्री अद्वैत गदाधार श्रीवासादि गौरभक्तवृंद हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 रामा हरे रामा राम रामा हरे हरे नमोम विष्णुपादाय कृष्ण पृष्ठाय भूतले श्रीमथे भक्ति वेदांत स्वामी नामिने नमस्ते सारस्वते देवे गौरवाणी प्रचारिणे निर्विशेष शून्यवादी पाश्चात्यादेशिणे <clears throat> so this is uh kind of ending the current section that we are reading from the next verse onwards uh it is going to talk about vidras instructions to dhritra uh, dhritarashtra and he eventually quits home but so far what has happened is vidra has come and then yudhishthir maharaj has welcomed him with nice words and they have exchanged uh, some nice conversation and then this um talks about the present state of mind of maharaj yudhishthir right because um yudhishthir maharaj and arjun like propa chase in the purport didn't want to get into the battle at all they didn't want the kingdom uh, they didn't want to kill their own friends and relatives and teachers and everybody in the battlefield were known to them so they didn't want to get into this really gory Uh, situation right because they knew that it was going to be awful that's why arjuna gives five reasons in the beginning of the gita for why he should not fight in the battle right then krishna goes on to tell the bhagavad gita but they were very valid reasons in in terms of dharma uh, from from the point of view of arjuna and it was the same with yudhishthir maharaj we see in the pages of bhagavatam how miserable he was after the battle of kurukshetra right from what eighth chapter or the seventh chapter this theme repeats again and again and again that during after the prayers of uh, uh, queen kunti krishna is leaving from hastinapur to dwaraka but he stays back because yudhishthir maharaj requests him and says he is lamenting because so many people have died from the battle of kurukshetra and then in this chapter we we saw how yudhishthir maharaj wanted to nullify the sinful reactions by performing this rajasuya yagna this horse sacrifice that would take incredible amount of resources but he was still willing to do that because he was still you know not happy with the situation we see that it was so precarious the situation that the kuru dynasty right it had dhritarashtra and pandu pandu had five sons who were the pandavas and then dhritarashtra had 100 sons who were the kauravas all of them were killed uh, no progeny of the kauravas was alive everybody from the side of the kauravas were killed millions and millions of people were killed and even in the side of the pandavas everybody were killed 
everybody who participated in the battlefield was killed except for the five pandavas right the brothers even the even arjuna's son abhimanyu was killed right so we see that there was nobody who would take up the kingdom after maharaj yudhishthir and we there was one progeny in uttara's womb which was maharaj parikshit and even ashwatthama tried to kill parikshit maharaj and krishna saved parikshit maharaj we had this beautiful description in the previous chapters how krishna went inside the womb of uttara and then uh, protected parikshit maharaj so now that parikshit maharaj was born and then they did the astrological chart for parikshit maharaj and then saw all his qualities right we read all the beautiful qualities that parikshit maharaj would have now yudhishthir maharaj was a bit peaceful this verse says right after observing the birth of his grandson not just any grandson he was a grandson who was competent enough to uh, inherit the kingdom which was a very important point that prabhupad makes in the purport that although arjun didn't want the war didn't want the kingdom yudhishthir maharaj didn't want the kingdom krishna wanted it because he wanted the right people to rule over the kingdom you see this is the best kind of people who should rule right who had who have no affinity for power maharaj yudhishthir and arjuna didn't wanted the king didn't want the kingdom at all whereas duryodhana wanted it desperately he 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 went to incredible means uh, he tried many many times to kill the pandavas and vidura here protected them in so many different ways but this was the mentality of the pandavas in the sense that they were they didn't want the kingdom <clears throat> this is a very important point in terms of uh, uh, devotional service and the life of a devotee which prabhupad mentions in in the last sentence maharaj yudhishthir felt some relief as human being although he had very little attraction for material happiness which is always illusory and temporary so this is the yardstick for uh, how we progress in our practice of bhakti the bhagavatam says this is just like how we have food when we when we are very hungry there are three things that happen as a result of uh, us eating food when we are really hungry one is the hunger is quenched then nourishment happens to the body and then we feel satisfied because of the food that we have so similarly when we practice bhakti one of the symptoms of bhakti is we are really attached to krishna and then as a result of that attachment to krishna our material uh, we automatically have material detachments and we are incredibly satisfied in by the practice of bhakti this i think is called i forget the exact words from shrimad bhagavatam but um th- so this is what we see in the life of yudhishthir maharaj right he was so attached to krishna that was the reason that he was completely detached he had no material attraction at all although he had his kingdom and then this kingdom uh, this verses was uncommonly opulent it was not just ordinary opulence but it was some uncommon opulence that maharaj yudhishthir had and we see that whenever we have some comfort some opulence we start getting attached to it 
it it's very hard for us to be detached from uh, any sort of comfort or opulence that we might have but here we see in this verse that maharaj yudhishthir had an extremely flourishing kingdom there is description of this kingdom how the the rains were just the right amount at the perfect time the grains were unlimited there was no scarcity of grains people never went poor uh, people were never hungry there was no poverty in the kingdom so this kind of opulence is uncommon and maharaj yudhishthir had everything that he 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 wanted uh, and and more not just everything he wanted and he had more opulence than he he ever wanted and yet we see that maharaj yudhishthir had very little attraction for this material happiness because he knew that the nature of this material happiness it is that it is always illusory and temporary there is this wonderful verse in in the in the bhagavad gita that talks about how an intelligent person uh, acts in this material world this this beautiful verse it says yahi samsparsha jaboga dukkha yonaya evate adyantavanta kauntaya nateshu ramate buda that uh, an intelligent person does not take part in the sources of misery and where does the sources of misery occur which are due to the contact with material senses o son of kunti such pleasures have a beginning and an end and so the wise man does not delight in them this is an incredible verse one of my very favorite verses in in the bhagavad gita it says what an intelligent person does not take part in he does not take part in the sources of misery right any, any of us who is intelligent we don't want to take part in something that's giving us misery that's going to make us very miserable and what is it that makes us miserable krishna says this misery is caused due to the contact with the material senses which means we think we are this body right i am a male i am from such and such place and so on and i think i am this body and i think i can derive happiness by satisfying the senses of this body if i eat something really nice i'll become happy if i see something really nice i will become happy if i hear something really nice i'll become happy everything material that we're talking about if i touch something really nice uh, i'll be happy but krishna says this will cause misery and so can we stop hearing can we stop seeing we cannot right but krishna is categorizing a very specific set of activity that is going to cause us misery and and krishna's definition is o son of kunti such pleasures we might derive pleasure out of our senses right but such pleasures have a beginning and an end and so the wise man does not delight in them this is incredible right we take about take, take any activity that you do does it have a beginning and an end if you have an activity that has a beginning and an end and you partake in the pleasures of such activity krishna says it is going to cause only misery which basically rules out every single activity <laughs> that we can perform in this material world isn't it can you think of any activity that doesn't have a beginning or an end in this material world 
we eat we start eating and then we stop eating we speak we start speaking and we stop speaking we see but we can't just keep watching the same thing it's going to cause us misery and we discussed how this causes misery uh, the last time we spoke right attachment causes contemplation causes attachment attachment causes lust and lust causes anger anger causes frustration so any activity that has a beginning or an end that we derive pleasure from is going to put us in misery and so an intelligent man does not take part in such activities and in the, in the purport to this verse which is basically um, uh, i think in the fifth chapter 522 i think that's this verse uh, he samsparsha jaboga Prabhupada quotes a verse from Srimad Bhagavatam. The pleasures that we are trying to derive in this material world, there is this great devotee, called Rishabh Dev. We'll read about him in the fifth canto of Srimad Bhagavatam. He teaches his sons. There is there is a chapter where there are teachings by Rishabh Dev to his hundred sons. There, uh, Maharaj Rishabh Dev, who is an incarnation of Krishna, says. My dear sons, there is no reason to labor very hard for sense pleasures while in this human form of life. Such pleasures are available to stool eaters, hogs. Rather, you should undergo penances in this life by which your existence will be purified and as a result, you will be able to enjoy unlimited transcendental bliss. And the pleasures that we are trying to go after in this material life having achieved this human body is available to hogs and dogs is available to every living entity maharaj rishabh dev says right so as an intelligent person so the, the the pleasures that we try to or the activities that we are involved are usually categorized in these four different categories eating sleeping mating and defending every single activity that all of us do in this material world is to satisfy these four necessities uh, broadly we we work and work and earn money so that we can eat uh, as we as humans make sophisticated uh, food but ultimately it is to uh, satisfy our hunger the same thing happens with the animals also the 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 birds go all day looking for grains and they come back for what Uh, just so that they can they can eat right it's the same with all the animals and every living entity in this world and then we are we are after mating we are after defending we build shelters things like that and then sleeping if we are also engaged in such activities that all the animals also are engaged in in this material world then there is no difference between us as human beings and all the other animals uh, in this world so the life that we are living is basically the life of is the life of a two legged animal therefore the vedanta sutra says atatho brahma jignasa the the aim or the purpose of the human form of life is to inquire about the absolute atatho therefore <laughs> it starts with a therefore <laughs> which means there are so many different things right you can do this you can do that you can do that the vedanta sutra has talked about so many different things you can do but therefore all this is not going to give you any satisfaction therefore 
Brahma Jignasa, inquire about the absolute truth. This inquiry is the very purpose of human form of life. Why am I here? Who am I? Why are things happening the way that they are happening? What is this place that I am in? So these are the basic inquiries that we need to start inquiring when we have this human form of life. And when we start inquiring about this, we we know, we will get to know that we are not these bodies, we are the spirit souls within. We are eternal living entities. The nature, our very own nature is eternality. And that is why doing something that is temporary, which means that something that has a beginning and an end, will never give us satisfaction. It will always give us misery. That is the nature of this material world, is that it is temporary. It is the opposite of eternal. Temporary means it has a beginning and then it, it has an end. And everything that has a beginning and an end, Krishna says, is only going to give you misery. So, once we know who we are and what our nature is, our nature is we are eternal beings. And we can only derive satisfaction on things that are eternal. We, we, we are looking for happiness, but the happiness that we derive from this material world is very temporary. It comes for very short spurts. But the happiness that we are looking for is eternal happiness. And what gives us eternal happiness is the practice of bhakti. The practice of devotional service is the only thing that can satisfy the, the soul. That is the only thing that, that can satisfy us. Savai pumsam paro dharmo yato bhakti radhokshate hayatuki apratihata yayatma suprasidati. Srimad Bhagavatam says. Savai pumsam paro dharmo. We have so many duties in this world as a father, as a son, as a husband, as a brother, as an employee, as a, as a, as a boss. So many different roles we play in this world, right? So in each of these roles, we have many duties that we have to perform and we should not neglect those duties. But if we forget the supreme duty of a human being and perform all these uh, secondary duties, our life becomes useless and it is it only causes misery. But instead, if we focus on the supreme duty, the paro dharma, Srimad Bhagavatam says, is to worship Adokshaja, is to perform devotional service to the supreme personality of Godhead. Keeping that in the center and when we perform all the other activities, the all the other activities become eternal in nature. They don't cause us uh, misery. The same activities that we were performing now in turn become a source of great happiness for us. Right? The, the translation for the Bhagavatam verse that, we, that I just said is the supreme occupation or dharma for all humanity is that by which men can attain loving devotional service unto the unto the transcendental lord this is our actual dharma our actual duty as human beings is to perform devotional service to the supreme personality of godhead and how much, how should that devotional service be that devotional service must be unmotivated and uninterrupted to completely satisfy the self. Right? In order for that devotional service to satisfy us, it needs to have these two qualities. It has to be unmotivated. 
that that doesn't mean we don't have any motivation in 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 doing the activity but it means that it should be unmotivated by personal selfish desires i am doing this activity so that i can get a house i am doing this activity so that i can get a great job i am doing this activity so that i can get a good wife or a husband it should not be done for any personal motive it should be done only for the satisfaction of adokshaja or krishna and such performance of devotional uh, devotional service should be uninterrupted it has to be performed here it says nityam bhagavata sevya we we say every day in the morning it has to be eternal <laughs> at least we can keep doing every single day instead of 24 hours we ultimately ultimately that is the goal but if we are not at that point at least every single day we chant our rounds we follow the principles we read the bhagavatam we should make this a steady thing so that we can derive the benefits out of such performance of devotional service right which requires some tapasya which requires some austerities for us to chant our rounds we need to allocate some time up, out of the day for us to follow the regulatory principles we have to stop doing certain things that we were used to do that we were used to so uh, th- this is the most basic thing we as human beings need to do and if we do this if we perform devotional service we can come to the point where yudhishthir maharaj is right we can be in our own situation as householders or students or whichever situation that we are in perform our duties but we are performing all those duties so that it can satisfy krishna and by doing so we automatically detach ourselves from from the material attraction that we might have from the money from the house from the power from the position that we might get all that doesn't matter maharaj yudhishthir was the emperor of the whole world who could be more powerful than maharaj yudhishthir the president of the united states has so much power right one of the most powerful countries in the world think about somebody who is the head of the entire world where every single kingdom is listening to what this emperor is saying this is unbelievable power but for somebody to be in that power to use it properly such a person should have no affinity towards that power which is very counterintuitive if you have affinity towards that power you will use it for your own selfish purposes we see that in this world of so many dictators who have been in this position of incredible power leveraging it for their own satisfaction and bring it they bring so much misery to everybody else in their kingdom or their subjects but this is the quality of a devotee is that he is least interested in all these material things power position money because there is something that is so much more attractive to him which is his attachment to krishna they are so attached to krishna that all these material things don't matter at all they are just like stones on the road right they, they don't matter to us at all so we should work on our practice of bhakti where we get more and more and more attached to krishna and we when we get more and more and more attached to krishna then the detachment automatically happens we don't even have to try for it and if we have been practicing devotional service for some time we can ex- we, we would have experienced it and we can experience it that many of the things that we were so attached to we don't even think about it now 
there might still be things that we are attached to, but at least the gross things that we were attached to, right? Maybe smoking cigarettes or drinking or so eating meat. Automatically, the detachment happens when we are practicing bhakti. When we are chanting the holy names of the Lord, this automatically happens. So, one such person, like Maharaj Yudhishthir, whose appearance day is today, is Lochandas Thakur. I, I, we, we have about 10 minutes. I thought we, we could talk a little bit about uh, Lochandas Thakur. He was a very exalted devotee of the Lord. So, Krishna appeared 500 years ago as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And we know about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu primarily from three authors. One is Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami who wrote the Chaitanya Charitamrita that Prabhupada wrote his translation and commentary to. The other devotee was Vrindavan Das Thakur. In Chaitanya Charitamrita, Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami says Vrindavan Das Thakur is the Vyasadev, incarnation of Vyasadev. So he wrote about the pastimes of life of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So that is called Chaitanya Bhagavat. And the third author who also gave, because of these three authors, we have a well-rounded understanding of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So the third of those authors is Lochandas Thakur. He wrote about the pastimes, the early childhood pastimes of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu um, called Chaitanya Mangala. That was his book. Because of Lochandas Thakur, we have incredible early pastimes of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, especially in Navadvip, before he took sannyas and went to Jagannath Puri. So, Lochandas Thakur was born 34 years after the appearance of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu appeared in 1880, uh, 1486, not 1886, 1486. And uh, uh, Lochandas Thakur was born in 1520. He was born to... Uh, a, a devotees uh, who were of the Brahman caste and they were uh, physicians, they were Vaidyas by by uh, their work and uh, he was the only son of these devotees uh, who was Kamalakara and Sadananda, Sadanandini sometimes they say. So he was the only child and hence they took such wonderful care of Lochandas Thakur. He was born in this village called uh, Kogram, which is which is in the district of Bhardman. This is in the West, is West Bengal, in the, in the in the eastern part of India. This is where Lochandas Thakur was born. And Lochandas Thakur was the disciple of another exalted devotee, Sri Narahari Das Thakur, um, Narahari Sarkar. Sometimes, so uh, Narahari Sarkar, Chaitanya Charitamrita says is the 40th branch of the trunk of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So, in Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami gives a wonderful explanation in Chaitanya Charitamrita how Chaitanya Mahaprabhu became a gardener. And he sowed the seed. And the seed was pure love of Godhead. Krishna Prema. And he started cultivating this tree and he thought, let me become the trunk of the tree himself. He was both a gardener and also the trunk of this tree. And from this trunk of this tree, so many branches came out. And from these branches, we had so many wonderful fruits that everybody distributed. This fruit was love of Krishna. Pure love of Krishna. So many branches, Chaitanya Charitamrita describes. And Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami says, Sri Narahari Sarkar was the 40th branch. 
in the trunk of uh, this Chaitanya tree. So Lochandas Thakur was a, was a disciple of uh, Narhari Sarkar who was in Shrikanda. There were these devotees from Shrikanda. So we see this in Chaitanya Charitamrita. It is so beautiful when when the Rathayatra is happening, Mahaprabhu and the devotees are in Jagannath Puri and then all the devotees from West Bengal because Mahaprabhu stayed after taking his sannyas in Jagannath Puri. There was this one time in the year that all the devotees from Bengal were so eager the time of Rathayatra because they would travel all the way from Bengal to Orissa, Puri to meet Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So when they were coming, there is this beautiful description of all these devotees saying, hey, this devotee is from this place, that devotee is from this place, he has such and such qualities. It's so nicely glorifying all the devotees who are coming for the festival. So Narahari Sarkar was a very close associate of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And Lochandas Thakur was his disciple. And from Narahari Sarkar, Lochandas Thakur learned music. Uh, Lochandas Thakur was excellent in music and poetry. And the, and the speciality of Chaitanya Mangala is that it, it was, Lochandas Thakur wanted to write it for the common people. He was such an expert in, in the language, the mastery of Bengal, uh, Bengali, and he was such an amazing poet and a musician that he wrote Chaitanya Mangala in such a way that everybody could sing, in, 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 all the common people could sing, and, and it was so poetic at the same time, uh, the writing in Chaitanya Mangal. And there is so much new information that is not there, not new information, so much information that's there in Chaitanya Mangal that's not there in Chaitanya Charitamrita yeah, yeah, from Lochandas Thakur. So, Prabhupada was very, very Prabhupada's used to liked singing bhajans. We hear Prabhupada's bhajans in the temple every day playing. Prabhupada really loved singing bhajans. And he especially liked Lochandas Thakur. And one particular song of Lochandas Thakur very, very much. He has he sung it many, many times and he in fact spoke about it many times. This one song of Lochandas Thakur. And we see how such exalted devotees when they write poetry, it is in very simple language, but it brings the entire essence of all the Vedic literature in those four stanzas or three stanzas, two, uh, two stanzas. And the, it's so nice and so sweet to hear. This, uh, before, before we go to that, I want to talk about this one particular song, song that Prabhupada spoke, but this Chaitanya Mangal that we were speaking about, uh, Lochandas Thakur primarily used uh, material from this devotee called Murari Gupta who had actually kept notes of all the pastimes of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu when he was in Navadvip. And Lochandas Thakur's writing were always uh, on Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Nityan Prabhu. He was so attached to them that uh, his writings were always uh, mostly about them. And this wonderful song uh, talks about this amazing, amazing mercy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that Lochandas Thakur writes about. That Prabhupada once came to Atlanta, Georgia. There the temple is called New Panihati Dam. It is, it, the main deities are Gauranitai in the temple there. So he came and then there is this wonderful arrival address that Prabhupada gives where he talks about the many places that he had been to and uh, he says, I've been to New Mexico, I've been to this place, I've been to that place. And then, but Prabhupada says, this is, uh, this is, 
this temple has the best deity worship at that time and the devotees are really happy and then he talks and then he he talks about uh, garnitai chaitanya mahaprabhu and nityananda prabhu on the altar uh, by quoting the, the first line of this song which goes parama karuna pahudui jana nitai gaura chandra parama karuna this uh, there are two uh, uh, prabhus or two masters who are parama karuna who are the most merciful and who are they nitai and gaura chandra and prabhupad couldn't continue after that he he was thinking about how merciful prabhupad went into an ecstasy uh, uh, thinking about how merciful uh, these two wonderful uh, uh, chaitanya mahaprabhu and nityananda prabhu were that they could convert these uh, people who were completely foreign <laughs> to this concept of bhakti right when prabhupad came uh, he nobody here knew about bhakti real bhakti there were so many other godmen who would come and say whatever people wanted to hear but he was so touched by the fact that people who who had no idea about bhakti took up to this process and were so happy and this was the mercy of lord chaitanya mahaprabhu and nityananda prabhu and thinking about that prabhupad went into an ecstasy and then uh, uh, stopped the class and then he just went up and he sang the song many many times so i just want to, i don't know if he can sing this we uh, the song because all of us don't have this but i want to just go through these lines and then talk about those lines for a few minutes and then we'll we'll ask for questions or discussions this is parama karuna pahudui jana nitai gaura chandra that these two masters nitai and gaura chandra are the most munis- most merciful sabha avatara sara shiromani kevala ananda kanda and these two uh personalities are the essence of all incarnations lochandas takur says every and sara shiromani uh, and they are the ex- most exalted of all the incarnations of krishna and kevala ananda kanda and the process that they gave for perfection was pure happiness pure bliss this process that chaitanya mahaprabhu and nityananda prabhu gave us was chanting dancing and feasting the the entire process is so happy we have to chant 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 and when we chant we dance automatically and once we are tired dancing we have more prasadam so that we can chant again and dance again and have prasadam <laughs> this process is so happy so blissful this entire process of krishna consciousness that chaitanya mahaprabhu and nityanand prabhu uh, came to uh, give us right and lochandas takur continues bhajo bhajo bhai chaitanya nitai shudrida biswasakori he says bhajo bhajo bhai please sing please sing uh, uh, the names of lord chaitanya and lord nityananda uh, worship lord chaitanya and lord nityananda with firm conviction shudrida biswasakori with firm conviction you just need to do one thing uh, lochandas takur says vishaya chadiya se rase majiya mukhe bholo hari hari vishaya chadiya leave all your material attachments lochandas takur says which is basically the theme of this verse also that we read in shrimad bhagavatam in fact the theme of entire practice of devotional service is <laughs> leave your material attachments uh and take part in this uh uh in this ra- uh, mood of worship of lord chaitanya and nityananda how do we do it mukhe bolo hari hari we sing hari hari 
chant the names of Krishna. By loudly chanting the names of Krishna, we participate in this wonderful worship. Deko ore bhai tribhuvane nai emona dhoyala data. Lochandas Thakur says. Oh, oh, listen brothers, he says. Tribhuvane nai, in the three worlds, right? We are, we are in the Bhuloka, there are the upper planetary systems, the lower planetary systems, the 14 planetary systems and there are millions and millions of planets in these planetary systems. There is nobody more merciful than Lord Chaitanya and Lord Nityananda, he says. And this example is, even they came to give love of Godhead to Jagai and Madai, which is another story that we won't get into. But uh Thakur continues, Pashu Pakhi Jhure Pashana Vidhare Suni Jhanra Gunagata. That when hearing uh, by the mercy of uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Nityananda Prabhu, even animals chant the names of Krishna, Lochandas Thakur says. This actually happened. That when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was traveling to Vrindavan through the forest of Jarikanda, lions and deers and snakes and tigers were dancing together. Which is incredible. I mean, we cannot do it, but Mahaprabhu can do it because he has such purity, potency in chanting the names of Krishna. If we have such potency in chanting the names of Krishna, we can make animals dance. But at least we should try to make human beings dance. We can chant the names of Krishna and then request everybody to come and participate in this joyous uh, method of worship of singing and chanting the holy names of Krishna. Right? And then in the end he says, Samsare majiya rohili puriya sepado nahilo asha apana karama bunjaya shamana kahoye lochana dasa. This talks about his uh, own humility where uh, Lochandas Thakur says, but Lochandas Thakur regrets, he regrets that he is entrapped by his material sense gratification. He is not. He is talking on our behalf. <laughs> Lochandas Thakur was exalted. Since I have no attraction to the lotus feet of Lord Chaitanya and Lord Nityananda, Yamaraj, the superintendent of death, is pushing me by not allowing me to be attracted by this movement. And this is such an amazing movement. Such a wonderful, joyous movement. This Krishna consciousness. Is that we can just sing and dance and eat our way back home, back to Godhead. <laughs> so Lochandas Thakur says, come participate. Take the mercy of Lord Chaitanya and Lord Nityananda. There is nobody more merciful. We won't get this opportunity again. We are at the time where we have this access to the mercy of Lord Chaitanya and Lord Nityananda. And the only thing Lochandas Thakur says is you have to leave your material attachments and sing the holy names of Krishna. Hari, 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 Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, 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 Hare, Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, 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 Hare, Hare. And then, we can be blissful, we can be happiness, we can be happy, we can get what we are actually yearning for. So, we'll we'll stop here. Lochindas Thakur ki jai. So, if we have any questions or comments or discussion, Want to get the mic? Which which translation of Chaitanya Mangala uh, do you prefer to read? Uh, the one by Kushikrat Prabhu, or um, who is the other author? I don't remember. Which one is which one is do you prefer? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I I don't know. 
the first one that you said, I forget the name of the devotee. Uh, he, I mean, it's it's sweet either way. You can read the translation, and uh, as long as it's not diverging too much from the from the basic mood of Chaitanya Mangala, you can still derive the sweetness out of it. I think. Bhakti, it was very dear to Bhakti Siddhanta Sarastakur. He used to print Chaitanya Mangal and distribute to everybody. Hare Krishna, and good morning. Thanks for being here with us and uh, giving a great class. Thank you for being here. You mentioned earlier there was an attachment to drinking or, or cigarette smoking, and it reminded me of a local devotee who she was coming back in uh, to her bhakti yoga process after some time off, and uh, she she brought it to my attention one time that while she used to drive her car, you know, she would have her cigarette going. So she uh, shifted from that to incense. She had a little picture of Krishna, and she eventually trained herself in the, in the habit of smoking to offer incense to Krishna. Nice. I thought that was really, really nice. That's wonderful, because Rupa Goswami in his Nectar of Devotion lists 64 limbs of bhakti, one of which is to smell the incense of the, that that is offered to the Lord. It is a legitimate practice of bhakti. <laughs> what she was doing is incredible. Yes, please. You talked a lot about the miseries of material existence. But what, what do you do to counteract the miseries of spiritual existence? Like here on daily life here in the temple, I don't, you, we don't see people really doing a lot of singing and dancing. Especially, there's no dancing hardly at all. Generally, uh, the, the bajaris and the cooks—they all look like they're overworked, tired. They argue about each, amongst one another because somebody didn't put something away. And then, devotees are have to stand sixteen rounds or up late at night and slugging it out, trying to finish their rounds. And when all their friends and relatives are relaxing and watching the football game or having a romantic interlude with their wife. So, it, you know, we talk about how it's just all blissful, and, but it, if you live in the te- around the temple or come every day, then it's hard, sometimes it's hard to see. It seems like a, um, a big drudgery. Okay, so this is what Rupa Goswami says in the Nectar of Devotion. We start with the practice of devotional service. The initial the, the, the initial part of our practice is called Vaidhi Bhakti or practice according to rules and regulations. So we have been conditioned in this material world for many, 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 many lifetimes. And we are very fortunate that we have taken up this practice of bhakti. Right? All of us who are here recognize that what we have been doing in this material world is not giving us any satisfaction. And this is what I think is going to give me satisfaction. We have this firm conviction in the process at least. But because of this conditioning, we do not spontaneously take up to this process. We need this framework of, of rules and regulations for us to keep us in this process. Right? If 
we don't spontaneously wake up at 4 in the morning for mangal aarti we don't spontaneously pick up our bead bag we don't spontaneously do everything for the satisfaction of krishna it is because of our conditioning but if we practice this devotional service as given to us by the acharyas which is following the regulative principles taking association of the devotees of the lord chanting the holy names of the lord what happens is that this conditioning starts going away right cheto darpana marjanam the glass starts getting cleansed and slowly slowly from this vaidhi bhakti or devotional service according to rules and regulations we start becoming spontaneous in our devotional service which is called raghanuga bhakti which is still devotional service according to rules and regulations but it becomes more spontaneous rather than somebody constantly pushing us or we ourselves tricking our minds in different ways to perform these devotional service we spontaneously start doing these activities so till we come to that point of spontaneously doing it we will be falling up and down and the process right because we still conditioned we have so much conditioning that's there but the only way to get out of the conditioning is bhakti practice 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 and for that for what you're saying you need association if if we don't have association it's very very hard for us to do this because by our own we are very weak right that is why we we need the association of devotees who are enthusiastic utsahan nishchay dheryat with whom when we associate we can we we won't feel this uh, this uh, misery <laughs> so to speak and there are two things that chaitanya charitamrita says that when we sing the names of krishna our hair stand on end tears flow from our eyes our body starts trembling these are the symptoms of chanting of the holy names of the lord and if we are not feeling these symptoms prabhupada says it is only because of our offenses to the chanting of the holy name of the lord because of the offenses that we are committing towards the chanting of the holy name of the lord we are not experiencing these joyous symptoms so we should be very careful when we are practicing bhakti that it is not a mechanical thing we should be very conscious of the activity and try to avoid all those offenses ten offenses that are listed in the chanting of the holy names of the lord and offenses towards the devotees of course <laughs> is even more worse uh, if we if we are very careful in our practice of bhakti then de- most definitely we'll start experiencing these symptoms and even if we think we are miserable in this path of bhakti we're still doing it why there is some mellow there is some rasa that's there for us or else it's it's, it's going to be like very hard for us to do this if we are constantly being miserable doing this process uh, we won't do it right although there are t- times when because of so many different things we might feel down in our practice of bhakti but there, there is this rasa this mellow that's that's definitely there when we are doing this that's why we're continuing it right so we continue this practice of bhakti and practice vidhi bhakti very strictly and then the spontaneity will automatically occur so that's what i would say all right we'll stop here thank you so much hari krishna
ग्रंथराज श्रीमद भागवतम की जाए शिला लोचन दास ठाकुर की जाए शिला प्रभुपाद की जाए गौर भक्त वृंद की जाए निताय गौर प्रेमानंदे हरि हरि बोल